Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode number 28. Civil liability. What is civil liability? Well, nowadays with all of our social unrest and whatever mayhem going on, more people, more than ever, have gone out, bought firearms, applied for pistol permits, which is down the road led us to ammunition shortages, public shootings, and everything else that may that may associate itself with the Wild West. I'm going to give you some good tips as a civilian carrying a firearm, what to and what not to do. Okay, um, and the reason I'm giving you, you this, these are not only... things that are applicable in Connecticut, but should be applicable facts in general to keep yourself out of situations that you don't want to be in. And one of those situations is an unjustified shooting, okay? Um, More and more with the distrust of the government, law enforcement, the ability to do its job in all the basic mayhem. Like I said, we have 12 million people <clears throat> along with the other millions of people that own firearms uh, buying firearms. Here's the issue that I have. Most of them will go through a general course, whether it's NRA or whatever it is. The physical course teaches you mechanics and safety mechanics and safety, which it should. That's that's the intent, that was the design, and that's what it does. And the NRA does have a good uh, <clears throat> program for that. However, what I'm talking about is beyond the realm of mechanics and safety. Where I step into the picture it's when you as a civilian purchase a firearm purchase an ammunition and decide that you're going to carry a firearm for your own personal safety it's kind of interesting that more of the state the state and local local law enforcement don't require an individual of a 10-day civilian liability class prior to issuing a pistol permit, but I suppose it has there's some there's some method to the madness. I don't know exactly what that method might be, but the method is <clears throat> there somehow. So let's talk about it. We as people respond to situations differently. Okay. The first and foremost, what you have to remember as a an individual carrying a firearm. Rule number one, you do not shoot individuals for property crimes. 
playlist. What the heck does that mean? That means that if somebody steals your grandfather's watch or steals your car and is driving down the street with it or walks into your house <clears throat> and, I don't know, say takes your wallet off your table and walks out, you can't shoot him for that. Okay? Now, there are states that, you know, Texas and certain other states that they have a stand your ground state. Where basically, if they're on your property, you can pretty much use self-defense for almost any reason. Well, for for this for this podcast, we are we are going to address the states that are not like that. Okay, so property crimes just you, you don't shoot people for property crimes. Okay. When an individual, say he robs a bank, and you're in the bank with your firearm, and he flees, or he flees your house, or he flees wherever he may flee from, when you engage them as a civilian with no law enforcement power, you automatically become the aggressor. Okay? Remember that. So, they are no longer the aggressor, you are the aggressor. Hence, if you chase him down the street and end up getting into a firefight with him or shooting him, the courts are not going to look at you as being the victim. You are now the aggressor. Just keep that in mind. Something very important. No, and like a friend of mine says, civil liability is for every shot you miss. It's pretty much true. You know, um, some of the bigger issues that you have, and I will, I will bring this, you know, a lot of people don't want me to dog them out, but I'm going to dog them out. <clears throat> you go to a shooting range, a sports shop. First person that, first question a person asks after they buy the firearm, they want self-defense rounds. No, you do not want self-defense rounds. Get that stupid ass idea right out of your freaking head. Okay? And I'm going to tell you why. I don't give a shit what the person at the gun store says. You know, the, the stem whacker that walks around with the pistol on his side and, you know, he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips, okay? Here's the problem. You buy these defense rounds, whatever type they are. I, I don't, I, I've seen some that are pretty, you know, serrated jackets, <coughs> uh, little wrong pellets in the center to help expansion, uh, let's just say modified rounds, okay, you get involved in a shooting, okay, that box of ammunition, every round you have, is going to be photographed, that box of ammunition is going to show up on a 4 by 6 screen, now your self-defense round looks more like a 70-millimeter 70, 70 howitzer round, okay? The first thing the prosecution is going to say is, you bought these rounds, these are defense rounds, look at them, specifically to kill somebody. Whether that was your intent or not, now you have become the bad guy. That's the road you might not want to go down. 
nothing for nothing, I don't care what anybody says. Standard ball ammunition, a standard hollow point, a standard soft tip point. If you get hit with that, your life's going to suck. You don't need any type of modified rounds. To stop a person, okay? So you have to remember that. You have to realize what that's going to look like in court. No, you also have to realize, and let's just let's get back to the ballistical aspect of this stuff. All these specialized rounds, all this shit, most of them really aren't worth it. They expand too quick. Don't expand. Don't expand evenly. It's just people buy the shit because it's trendy. Okay? Never buy trendy shit to protect yourself. Okay? It doesn't work most of the time. As well as your modifications. Laser sights. Flashlights. All kind of other shit. Listen. Rule number one, your gunfight's going to be within <clears throat> seven feet, seven to 21 feet. It's going to last an average of about three seconds. You're hit, they're hit. You are not going to have time to use your stupid-ass laser sights, your stupid-ass flashlight, none of that shit. By the way, why the hell would you go in a dark area with a flashlight because you're a target? You're like, shoot the bouncing ball. Okay? Dumb. Ambient light is good not need modified light. So, with, with that being said, you need to think about it. You can just think about when your when your gun is put up on that big four by six screen with all of its gadgets, and that prosecutor looks and notes you, you made made all of these different uh, modifications to it. Um, it's not going to look good. Okay. They're not, they're not, they're not needed. Uh, firearms are sh- is a, uh, a short distance weapon. You know, you're not going to have time to use all, all of the scrappy uh, shit you just put on. Okay. So, you know, just forget that. You know, you're just adding to the, you're just adding to the prosecution's fuel. And you're the one they want to set on fire, just in case you want to know that. Um, brandishing firearms, okay? Rule number one. Unless you know for 100% you're going to have to, you have a greater chance of having to shoot somebody, don't try your firearm. Especially in road rage incidents. Okay? Nothing for nothing. Nobody gives a shit about you and your gun. Because the only person that's going to fall victim to you and your gun is you. Okay? And then with your luck, you'll pull off some, pull over, draw a gun with some off-duty cop, and you'll end up looking like a tin can on a fence post. You know, the reality of carrying a firearm for self-defense... There is a reality to it. You're not Clint Eastwood. You're not Charles Bronson. Okay? 
get it through your head. Not a friend of, uh, I'm not a, a fan of stem whackers. And then there's, you know, the perception of what is an actual threat. This is what probably gets people hung up the most. What is a real threat? Well, a real threat is an individual with a some type of weapon or by physical size can cause serious injury or physical death to you or <clears throat> a third party if you choose to intervene. Which I would not always suggest intervening because that's usually just a liability nightmare waiting to happen. But okay, if you are a six foot seven man 240 pounds and your assailant is five foot nine with a stick in his hand. The assist the assessment is going to be different than if you were a five foot two female, 120 pounds, dealing with the five foot nine male with a stick in his hand. Dynamics change, and they have to be based on the reality of it. How much of a threat does this person actually possess? And it doesn't come down to, oh, well, he has a stick, so he's a threat to me. So, so I'm justified. No. You as a person know if you really feel threatened by an individual or not. Okay. And if you don't feel threatened by him, then you're not threatened by him. So if you shoot him, you're guilty. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. That's how that's how life is. So <clears throat> being able to assess a threat is a really important part. Now, if you in Connecticut, we have the Castle Doctrine, which basically means that pretty much. If you're in your own dwelling, you have to leave it as long as there's a, an access point. You have to leave until you're in a position where leaving is an implausible factor. Say you're upstairs uh, on the second floor, somebody comes in, <clears throat> he's between you and the first floor. Your children are upstairs, your wife's upstairs. Now you're in a the dynamics change because you're in an environment where you're not going to just severely, very easily jump out the second floor window, third floor window, whatever it might be. <clears throat> At that point, dynamics change. However, if you're on the first floor in the kitchen, the guy comes into the front room and everybody can evacuate the house, they evacuate the house. You know, I, I know people don't want to hear this, but that's how it is. You have to remember, <clears throat> in a state like Connecticut, there is no set pattern for defending self-defense shootings. There's not a the, the court does not have a format <coughs> to defend self-defense shootings. Basically, you're on your damn own. That's why you have to have caution. I, I listen. I understand. 
that when crap happens, you know, we all want to respond and, but we have to, we have to think about these things prior to our response, unfortunately. Um, again, if you're a person that just bought a firearm and has, has no practice or is not practicing, that's a problem because basically your body is going to what your body does in a stressful situation is going to be based on what it was trained to do if you feel the need to unload your firearm security ammunition in another room and draw for a couple minutes each day okay your muscle memory response is going to be ready if you need to dry fire obviously dry fire with nothing in the round or nothing in the magazine that's okay because it's it's going to basically your muscle memory and reflexes are going to act like they should even if it's a mere point of just the shooting itself with ammunition prices being high um, you may not have the convenience of running back and forth to a range all the time uh, you can substitute that by, by a, a pellet or a BB pistol that's similar in design to yours you know you can put a box full of newspapers and, and if you have to shoot in the basement okay nothing illegal about it but it'll give the sight, your sight picture, your drawing, and, I, and, I, and again, like with a normal firearm, I do not suggest, even a pellet or BB gun, simply just drawing, just continuously drawing <clears throat> with, with it loaded. Because eventually, there's a BB's going to get stuck somewhere where, or a pellet's going to get stuck somewhere where it doesn't belong. Okay. But with that being the case, you know you have to continuously practice. You have to continuously be ready to respond. <clears throat> Don't be afraid to get on the YouTube and watch a half hour of shootouts that have occurred. Why? Because you want your memory. Your hearing, your sight, your senses to get used to what you may may see. You know, um, it's just how it is. I mean, I train this course. It's usually a two and a half hour course for people that have completed a um, either an NRA or some type of um, certified handgun course just so that they have an idea. I mean, I'm not going to go over everything because I would be selling my own goods for free. <clears throat> but there are things that you have to remember, okay? That as a, um, as a citizen with a firearm, there are things you can and can't do. I do not suggest you carry an exposed firearm. I know you want to seem like you're Billy Badass, but the fact is there's other people watching and there will be people in the inner city that will ambush you and take your firearm because they know you have one. Okay? <clears throat> it's like this. Why let them know it's coming? Okay? 
and you're you're putting a big bullseye on your damn head. These stupid uh, <clears throat> concealed carry stickers you put on the back window. You know, why don't you just paste a big fucking thing on the back window since I have a gun? <clears throat> because two things are going to happen. Either your car is going to get robbed, you're going to get robbed for your firearm, or somebody that is an anti-gunner is going to see that and they're going to call the state police and say, hey, this car described like this, this and that. I see the guy in the car and he, he's waving a gun around. Why? Because assholes do that and that's how they are. And if you happen to get stopped and you have a gun, you're pretty much a shit's creek. You know? So... Concealment uh, just doesn't mean concealing a firearm in, on your person. It, it means don't let the world know. You know, um, none of us care if you're concealed carry because a lot of us are too. I mean, law enforcement. I don't worry about it that much, but you know, don't bring unwanted attention. You know, and don't look for unwanted attention. That's another thing. Don't go looking for unwanted attention because you have a firearm. Okay? And don't don't go out and drink with it. Don't go out to places where there's going to be protests and riots and all kind of shit, piss and destruction because it just takes the wrong thing at the wrong time and, and life gets bad fast. You know? Um, I'm not going to lecture you too much more about it, but you're kind of getting the idea where I'm going. This, uh, you know, you really have to think about what your objectives for carrying a firearm really are. You, know, uh, <clears throat> you have to realize the consequences of what using the firearm is. I mean, it's not just you, know, you pull a trigger, you can't take that thing back. So, that being said, I will see you probably episode 29. Don't even have a clue what that could be. Um, we've done a lot of social issues, uh, cultural trending stuff lately. I'm, I'm kind of getting <clears throat> talking myself out of that stuff, so uh, we'll do something a little different. Um, but just always remember, like I always tell you, if you're in a dark parking lot, a dark path in the woods, dark street, dark street corner, or a dark alley. I don't know what you're doing in a dark alley, but in the event you are there, just remember the footprints you hear behind you may not be something, someone looking for your, looking out for your well-being. And you never know what their intent is. Until the next episode, I'm Michael C. Bouchard. Stuff. Might stalk her.